on the Aggie Sports Network. From Learfield, from Old Chicago, welcome to the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Old Chicago, home of the Aggies Coaches Show. SC Needham Jewelers, where Utah gets engaged. America First Credit Union, financial solutions for every need. Geico, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Larry H. Miller Dealerships, driven by you and by Stokes. Stokes Trucking, doing the right thing since 1979. Now, the Aggies Coaches Show. Here's the voice of the Aggies, Scott Gerrard. Hey, welcome on in. It's another edition of the Blake Anderson Coaches Show. We are live here at Old Chicago in a cold, snowy Logan, Utah. Uh, it'll warm up throughout the week, and this team's heading to Vegas to uh, for warmer temperatures as well. But a lot to break down. Bye week is in the rearview mirror, and Coach, now they come fast and furious. Yeah, they do. It's uh, We were talking yesterday as a team, 47 days. Uh, seven games, 47 days to the you know to the final game of the regular season, and if you want another one, you got to earn it. So yeah. uh, that's going to go by quick. 66 days since we started fall camp, and 131 days since we got together back in June. You know, in the summer conditioning. So when you kind of look at it perspectively, I mean, it, it's there's not a lot. There's a lot going on in the next 47 days. Does it go by faster? Does it go by slow? Or is it a combination of the two? Well, I mean, it, it, it really does go by in a hurry. Yeah. You, you look up and, and, and you just – and that's why you can't waste an opportunity. That was kind of the message that, man, this is going to go by quickly. And for some guys, we got some seniors that, you know, it's their last seven games potentially of their career. And, and you want to you cherish every minute of it, but it, it really does. It goes so – I mean – it's bang, 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 you're playing. Bang, 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 you're playing. And, and, and there's no way to really slow that down. So we got a busy show, a lot to break down. Uh, we'll talk about the uh, BYU game. Look ahead to UNLV coming up this weekend. But uh, before we look back, what was uh, how was the bye week? How did that treat you? And I know it's uh, y- y- you don't get a script when those things happen, but it does feel like it came at a really good time for you. Well, it did. We talked, I know, this morning. When you look back at the first five weeks, just the physical nature of – really four of the five teams and then even though Washington State is not really built to play a downhill brand of ball they are big they yeah. are they are physical physical running backs physical front and, and so we've played five very physical violent football games watching BYU and Boise play this weekend just reminded me again they're they're downhill crash into you type football teams Air Force obviously that's their their deal in North Dakota you cannot discount just the style of play and to have that five weeks in a row it took a toll on us we're not real deep to begin with we're pretty thin roster is going to have to be developed uh through some recruiting classes so it has been um it's been a struggle and and some guys desperately needed to heal up and, and feel better uh we're not 100 percent there but just listening to guys talk coming into the building yesterday, practice today, a lot of them feel way better than they did a couple of weeks ago. Got a chance by Saturday to feel even better because we really won't bang a lot this week. We'll try our best to get to game day as fresh as you can be midseason. How much time, especially the older guys, how much time do you give them during last week to kind of heal up? We did not hit at all. Oh, really? We okay. didn't put we, – we just – we weren't – Typically, in an open week, you would put the pads on a lot of young guys and you'd go at it. We don't have the luxury of that. We don't, we don't have any extra bodies. Everybody is playing yeah. or contributing in some way. And you really don't even have the luxury of taking a scout team player and letting him bang 
because if you lose there, we can't even really practice the way we need to practice. Wow. So it was, it was strategically built for getting guys fresh and healthy. We did not put the pads on. We did run a lot. We did do a lot of stuff in terms of cardio and timing and throwing and catching. But we just – it's not the old school – um, you know, extra spring practice type approach. I just we're just not in in that position. Do you make that com- I mean, are those conversations you have with Coach Jackson in terms of a lot? Yes. Uh, of of what we can do, what we can't do. How do we pace ourselves throughout the course of a season? Yeah, there wasn't a lot to have to really talk about this particular the way the schedule built and the way the roster is right now with the injuries that we've already uh, kind of had to deal with since yeah. early. There wasn't a lot to talk about, and there was really only one clue. I mean, go out. Let's keep our cardio up. Let's make sure that our fatigue, you know, we, we can still run for 60 minutes, but we need we need a week with no collisions. And he was on board with that, honestly, well before I even brought it up. He's like, absolutely, I'm all in. And I think we took the right approach. Um, you know, in a, in a different year with a different roster, maybe you take a different approach, but that's what this group needed, and I think they appreciate it. Uh, we had a great practice today. Guys look fresh. They look better and excited about going to play. So I, I think it was the right approach. I think that, uh, and we'll, we can talk about this a little bit more in detail a little bit later on the show, but another big thing about the off week is recruiting. Yeah. And you talk about building depth, and, and I'm not exactly sure scholarship-wise what you have available. I know you can't go into individual players, but based on commitments and things like that, do you have a lot of spots available, or have you pretty, are you close to shoring up your class? Well, it, it, a lot of it depends on you know the, the potential waiver that goes through to add some spots, create some spots for roster changes. Um, Man, we're we're going to take a full class. We feel yeah. like we feel like with just where the roster's at, with guys that are going to graduate, uh, we're going to be able to take a full class. But we have we have been able to do a good job of building commitments already and have a solid, um, I don't know, at least half of that or more uh, already taken care of. And we're going to be strategic about what we need to do moving forward. I want a good blend of high school guys for the future to to develop, but also some free agent type prospects that can come in and maybe plug in and play we know a lot more about our team at this point we kind of know where the where the weaknesses are maybe where the depth issues are we've we've sustained some injuries that could potentially bleed into next year so a lot of that is going to dictate what we do with those last few spots and how exactly do we maneuver what we have uh to to put together the best class you know what you you don't want to mortgage the future by going all in with a bunch of transfer veterans yeah. you want to blend the both i think we're headed in the right direction for that we want to be good for years to come, but we also want to be competitive next fall, and we are going to lose some key players, so we need to figure out exactly where those come from. They come from the roster as is. Yeah. Are guys ready to step into that role, or do they? Do we need to take a similar approach and plug and play a few guys too? And I think it's going to be a balance of both. Uh, do you – you, and I, we're getting a little off track here, but do you anticipate signing most of your kids in December, or, or does a bunch of them f- fall into February? Um, I, I would say – Typically, we'd, we'd probably be at 90% in December. Okay. I mean, I think there'll still be a few. And, and then, again, we, we don't know what's going to happen. I, I don't know what attrition's going to look like. I just assume everybody's happy and coming yeah. back and everybody's healthy and continue to play. But, I mean, you, know, you look at any roster, somebody's going to be frustrated. Somebody's going to transfer down to play more. Uh, an injury could take a guy off the rest. So I think there's still going to be some maneuverability between December and, honestly, all the way into fall camp. Uh, we added guys this summer that are impacting our team right now and, and that likely to continue to be the way things go uh, and a lot of that, this is a lot of it has to do with the type of scholarships that are available some of them count forward and we'll utilize those when they when they open up 
Well, uh, obviously, you played a really good BYU team, uh, a really physical BYU team. Uh, compared to what you saw against Boise State, did you like the improvements you made going from Boise State to BYU? Because, you know, obviously you were able to get some touchdowns on the board, finish some drives against BYU you were unable to do against Boise. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really do. I felt like we improved. We, we did not play uh, – we did not play great ball, obviously, offensively in the red zone. We, we did a much better job against BYU finishing drives. Uh, we converted uh, on third downs and, and fourth downs. I don't know that our first down efficiency, it was not great. Yeah. Uh, they were built very well up front and made it really difficult to move the ball on early downs. Um, I, 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 was, I was pleased with how the defense played against Boise with the exception of a handful of plays, and I thought they did continue to play competitively. We let a couple plays get out the gate that shouldn't have. We made some key mistakes late, especially the big run late, that uh, just can't happen. But I did think collectively as a team, we, we played better, more competitively late in the game with more confidence in all three phases against BYU than we did against Boise. And to have them in a seven-point game at nine minutes on the clock with our guys really – ready to play that next nine minutes. I felt like we're, we're right where we need to be, and then we obviously give up a key touchdown. And they obviously did what they needed to on the play, but we had three big mistakes, pre-snap mistakes that bled into the play, and we give up a, a really easy touchdown, which should have been a 5- or 10-yard run, ends up being a 65-yard touchdown, which you just cannot have at that point. Uh, but I, I mostly encourage with the fact that I think it's a very well – built football team very well coached team and we we competed we competed way into the game and we'll only get better as we develop and as we build this team that drive that was essentially a 90-yard drive a bunch of third and long conversions on that drive uh bonners hanging in there and completing big passes and and uh i thought that was a really just i mean that was big boy football there that drive yeah no doubt converting when you have to uh we didn't run the ball great but we ran it okay at times when we needed to uh, he moved the chains with his feet a couple times, which as he gets healthier, uh, that'll be something he can continue to do. It won't look the same as it does when Peasley runs the ball. They, they look completely different, but he can be effective and mainly be efficient. And yeah. you saw that a couple times. Big catches when we had to have miss on that big uh, conversion. Yeah, well, on that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he did or not. I wouldn't go that far uh, <laughs> to say he made anybody miss. Maybe they were just as surprised as we were that he was running the ball. I don't know. Um, <laughs> You know, it was a big drive, and it, it needed to happen. We needed to see our, our guys be able to go do that under those circumstances. I think you gain a lot of confidence for that. The ability to finish it in the end zone the way we did, find the matchups. I mean, yeah, you learn a lot from that. It, it's, it wasn't enough, but I did leave the game feeling like, man, we can compete with both these teams. We just need to you know, let the process continue. Yeah. Keep building, keep developing, keep working. And, and as we play better ball, those games are going to be a lot of fun in the future. No doubt about it, too. And, I mean, there's, there's a really kind of a trust the process kind of feel yeah. after those games for sure. Yeah. I, I think we've seen enough in the first five games to know the, how we're doing things, why we're doing things. They do relate to the field. We just need time. We need the opportunity to let nutrition and development and recruiting take, take over, and it will. The guys are doing what we ask. They love what we're doing, I think, on both sides of the ball. Uh, nobody wants to be patient, but you have to be a little bit. You, you can't get it overnight. Uh, and, and so it was encouraging to see, you know, how we've responded in the last couple of weeks. And the players seem like they feel that way too. I think so. I mean, I think if you ask them, they tell you they're frustrated, thought we could have played better, encouraged that we were as competitive and, and, and as physical as we were against two really well-built football teams. 
but came out of it thinking, Coach, we can get better. We are going to get better. That's the approach. And that's really what I've seen from them since that point. I've seen nothing, no heads down, no frustration. Just, Coach, we'll do better. Uh, I, I, like I said, I, when you go out on a Tuesday and you think you've had one, maybe one of the best Tuesdays you've had all season, to me, that's the response I yeah. need, and, and that's what we got. So I, I want to be careful because, obviously, every college football game in this Mountain West Conference, obviously we can see anything can happen. But it does feel like there's a certain level of uh, – I don't want to say it lightens up a little bit, but but the physicality um, lightens up a little bit. I mean, you got a UNLV team that's still very dangerous. We're going to talk about them. They come into this 0-5. But you, the rest of this conference, I feel like – you match up really well with some of the teams you're playing the rest well, of the way. Well, I think they'll just look a lot more like us. Yeah. I mean, we've played, way to play. we've played two games in a row where just right now physically they are built differently than we are. Not that not that we can't get to that level, but we're not there right now. And, and I told our guys, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we know what we are. We know what we're not. We took our, our strengths and tried to maximize those. If one of us won us a couple games of teams that were bigger, you know, more physical. I mean, Air Force and Washington State are both bigger and longer and more physical than us, but we utilize what we're good at to win those games it just didn't win Boise and BYU but we are going to look more like the competition moving forward probably a little bit less size a little bit less less length in some areas quickness out in space and, and hopefully we can execute those things better than the people that we play but I mean they're all capable of beating you on any given Saturday I mean that is absolute we've seen that but I also feel like we have just as good a shot at going out and winning those games as well if we execute well I mean you got Fresno gets a big win, and then Hawaii knocks him off. You've yep. got Colorado State, who lost to an FCS opponent, and then they put it on San Jose State. I mean, this this conference can get a little drunk sometimes. You know, it's just college football in general. Yeah. I mean, watch, watch A&M lose to Mississippi State and Arkansas and then turn around and beat the number one team in the country that everybody said was unbeatable. I mean, everybody's got to be ready to play on Saturday, on Thursday night, on Tuesday night. There's a game on tonight. You've got to be ready to play. And if you don't play your best ball – I don't care about anybody. I told the guys, we are playing nameless, recordless opponents from here on out. I don't. It doesn't matter who it is, and don't look at the record. Just think, they're going to play their best. You have to assume every opponent is going to play their best game when they play us, and we need to play our best. And if we take that approach and we just keep working on getting better, and then I love our chances of winning football games. If we don't, if we don't respect the opponent, we don't come ready to play with great energy, we don't execute – Everybody that we've got on our schedule can beat us, every one of them. Oh, there's no doubt. And and you look at that UNLV team, they come into this game at 0-5, and, and uh, they've been competitive in most of the games they've played. They've had a couple of heartbreakers. And in watching their press conferences and reading some of the stories, this is a team that they're not happy about being 0-5, and they're, no. they're, they're ready to get out there. Well, they've also played four ranked teams. Yeah. I mean, they Iowa State's ranked when they play them, Arizona State's ranked fresno's ranked and utsa was either ranked or soon to be ranked and they play one of the best one double a teams in the country eastern washington goes deep into the playoffs every I mean, year. they've played five really tough games the the thing that gets me as you watch and, and again i i've said this to the players and the staff the last two games against really good opponents they are right there late they are still playing hard and hungry to get a win we just we need to do everything to make sure it's not not this saturday because they are playing hard. They obviously believe in what they're doing, and they believe they're good enough to win. So they're going to do a lot of things very similar to us. They look a lot like us in a lot of areas. And I just expect we're going to see their best football game on Saturday. Uh, your guys looking forward to playing in an NFL stadium? I don't – and really nobody's talked about it a whole yeah. lot, to be honest. I think you're always excited. It's, it's going to be a cool environment. 
it's going to be different than what we've played in. I mean, it's yeah. not going to be super loud and crazy like what we've played in five weeks in a row. So that'll be different. But there's a wow factor when you walk in. I mean, I've played in the Superdome. I've played Atlanta's new stadium. And it is super cool when you walk in. But at the end of the day, it's not what we get the luxury of playing in. I mean, it's different. Playing in front the of our crowd. The juice is going to be a little different, for it, sure. The juice will be way different. So you got to bring your own. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get – you. You go out there and you're like uh, Gene Hackman in Hoosiers, like it's 100-yard field, it's 53 across. It is. I think the the immediate of walking in and saying, man, this is super cool. Obviously, it's a massive building. But then when, when the ball's kicked off, it's about playing. And, yeah. and I think your tunnel vision kind of focuses to what's going on on the field. You kind of lose sight of the rest of that stuff. Now, at home with just the energy that's built in, I mean, you feed off of that. You're not going to get that there. It's just not going to be that kind of a crowd. Yeah. I mean, you know, you and I talked about this. You take – if they if they got 20,000, you put them in a 65-seat thousand stadium, it's a little different. You put 20 here in Logan and put yeah. them in, in that stadium, it's got yeah. a completely different vibe to it. They're going to be further away from you. Yeah. They're going to be spread out throughout, you know, a huge place. And it just kind of dwarfs what's going on. It's gonna, it'll be completely different. By the way, before we uh, transition to our next segment, um, I really thought just based on the secondary market and how hot that ticket was, there would be a, a bunch of BYU fans up there uh, in this game. Your your crowd came yeah. strong, and Huge. that was that was great to see. Nothing, I mean, nothing about that that I've ever been around before. Yeah, I, I've talked to the student section, had a chance to go meet with the Herds uh, Council. Just told him, man, this is a huge, huge weapon that we just want to we just want to take it and just dial it up a notch. Um, our kids absolutely love it. I, our staff loves it. it. It is definitely something that that most people don't have. So between our student section and just the fan base in general, that was an amazing night the other night, and they were in it and they kept us in it. I mean, they yeah. kept it. They never gave up on us. All right down to the wire, they were right there. Uh, I hope all we do is just keep building on that. Big one coming up here in a couple weeks. Homecoming against Colorado State. Get to utahstateaggies.com and pick up your tickets for what should be a fun game when the Aggies get back at home. Hopefully we have a little less snow for that one, too. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) All right. uh, Coming up next, if you've got questions for Coach, we'll have the wireless mic. You can ask Coach a question. Uh, Also, we'll uh, preview this UNLV team as well. It's all coming up. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show from Learfield. Welcome back to Old Chicago. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show, as we do it every Tuesday. Um, Utah State with a big one coming up against UNLV. This is the segment. If you've got a question for Coach, uh, just raise your hand, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you uh, get tired of hearing me ask questions, you can uh, take over the show and uh, let us know your thoughts. So just raise your hand, and Ajay, Ajay will get uh, get the mic out to you. Um, a UNLV team. Actually, nope. we got one right out of the gate. There's my guy. Go ahead. I just want to know, did you wake up and build a snowman this morning? No, I woke up like a good husband and cleaned all the snow off of my car and my wife's car is what I did. You got the snowblower going yet? Uh, no, I wasn't expecting to need one in October, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little bit unprepared. <laughs> I was thinking I had a little bit more time to get ready for some of this, and we haven't moved into our house yet. We're in a rental, so I, and our garage is full of stuff, so oh, there was, yeah. I don't know, two foot of snow on top of both of our rigs, but I did take care of both mine and my wife's car so when she got out there hers was spotless there you go you heard, i just i hope she's listening i i i don't know if she she caught that or not i don't know if she did or not but <laughs> i'll remind her later there you go uh 
You, let's uh, do, do you get much snow? I mean, you didn't get any snow in Arkansas, did you? No, I mean, no, we got slop every once yeah. in a while. It just an ice everything. storm here and there. Uh, yeah, you would absolutely get an ice storm, and the whole state would shut down. Yeah. For at one point, we were we were down for twelve days, twelve days with an ice storm, no school, twelve days. I remember that. So this is this is obviously different. And, yeah. Uh, if, you I, have, if you haven't lived through an ice storm, I, I lived in North Carolina for a bit. Um, Snow, you take that every day of the week. Every on day, ice storm. you still drive on snow. Yeah, you can't drive on ice. No, and uh, the, yeah, the entire state. That now that was like second or third year. It was it was kind of a freak deal, but it literally everything was shut down for twelve solid days. Yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, coach. With the snow here, fans want to know: Are you a skier or snowboarder? I, I'm a snowboarder. I, I'm a snowboarder. I love to snowboard. Now, I I can do both, but. Uh, Something about me, maybe it's having two ACL surgery. I don't know. I like both feet on the same piece of fiberglass. Same knee or? Same knee, yeah. Okay. So uh, there's a reason I'm a coach and didn't keep playing. <laughs> um, I, I love me and my kids. We love, we, we've been out, to, one of the things that about this job that attracted me to the area was I've been out to Park City uh, snowboarding and skiing probably six, seven times over the last 15, 20 years. So, I mean, I felt like I knew the area and then coming to play here a couple times too, but. Uh, yeah, I'll get out. I won't get out till the season's over, but I will get out then. Is there a uh, there's a anti skiing and snowboarding for players though, right? Uh, during the season. During the season. Now, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I tell them to be careful, but if man in the off season if they want to go snowboard or ski, man, I'm not going to tell them they can't do that. I'm going to hold my breath. Yeah. But one of the things about you know the guys that want to come here is because all the things that you can do. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to tell them they can't do it. So It's always interesting when you hear guys that, you know, never really knew much about Utah or living in Utah, and they come here, and then it seems like they fall in love with the place pretty quick. Yeah, I think you – there's just so many things to do, both both the winter sports and then the, all the different things in the summer and spring. Uh, that that a lot of the kids that we re, we go and recruit them, they just don't have these things available to them. It's a selling point for us. Yeah, you're never going to run out of things to do. You can be outside year, you know, really year round doing a ton of different things. And so we we really talk about all those. You go to a big city and you know there's so much to do, but you, you get run out of. There's you never run out of things to keep you you know kind of enjoying the, the outdoors here. There was a player who played here a few years ago. He's from Los Angeles and. And uh, took up fly fishing. I mean, yeah. he's like, I can go fly fishing. I, 15, I never in a million years did I ever think I'd be doing stuff like that. I have not learned how to fly fish yet. Coach Cephalo is our fly fish expert on staff. He uh, He's grown up. He, he keeps promising me this, this offseason he's going to teach me. But it's just what I need is one more hobby, honestly. So Well, and you'll probably have uh, the boss man take you pheasant hunting, too, before it's all said and done. Uh, I'm game for anything. Love it. We've got another question. Anybody raise your hand. We'd love to hear from you. All right, so UNLV uh, – presents uh, some interesting difficulties. Um, they obviously are 0-5, but as you mentioned, they've hung in there. They've competed against really, really good teams. Uh, I'm with you. If I'm an AD, there's no way I ever schedule Eastern Washington. Oh, no. As uh, I mean, North Dakota was bad enough, but yeah. there, there's a few FCS teams I want no part of, and Eastern Washington's high on that list. What is it that they do offensively that, uh, that has you a little concern going into this game? Because, frankly – uh, they've got, uh, from a quarterback standpoint, you got Bradford, you got Friel, and then the 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 other kid that uh, I think the Arizona transfer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, he's out of a walking boot, and they're thinking he might be uh, yeah, ready to get back in the mix. I, I don't know what we're going to see quarterback wise. I mean, you you just kind of have to take the system in general. The thing that they love is a ton of eye candy, a ton of movements and motions, and you know we've seen that some here in the last few weeks. BYU and Boise both kind of took that approach 
as well. Uh, so in that sense, that's not new, but it still is a challenge. The running back is really, really good player. And then you have no idea exactly what quarterback is going to bring to the table and what that adds. Uh, so I think for our defense, that's the challenge is just kind of control what you can control. Be in the right gap, be lined up the right way, know your assignment, and don't let all the other things take you away. We've, we've struggled with that at times this year. Some of the biggest plays we've given up is just literally just getting our eyes focused in the wrong spot. And, and, and giving up a play that if we'd have just played our technique, we'd have been right there to, uh, to defend the play. Uh, but that, that is the thing to me is all the different movements and motions and looks that you're going to see from them. You've you got you to gotta take care of those and control those and be where you're supposed to be. You know, it's funny. You go back to the Air Force game, and we talk about assignment football, but people see the spread, and there's, there's a lot of same concepts there. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's still, at the end yeah. of the day, it comes down to assignment football. We're, we're playing triple option. Yeah. I mean, we're just playing it in a different look. It's completely spread out. Our options are different, but it is still triple option football. You know, quarterback can keep it, running back can get it, and you got to throw, as opposed to dive, quarterback pitch, but it's still triple option football, trying to put everybody on defense in a position where they have to take care of their responsibility and put a lot of guys in uh, conflict between run and pass. And so we're all doing the same thing. We just It just looks a little different. Steve Jenkins, uh, number four, 14 catches, but 217 yards. Yeah, big ones. He can stretch it, yeah. Yeah, and I think their ability to run the ball and the play action is what's allowing that because they do the motions and the extra guy and the sets where you've got to add bodies to the box. Then they pull it down and you got a big throw. So they've been big based off a lot of the play action stuff that they've done with them. Uh, they have given up 21 sacks. Is that a lot because they, they run their quarterback a little bit, or what's, what's that a byproduct of? Yeah, I think similar. some of it's who they played, too. Yeah, I mean, they played point. some pretty good cats up front, and, and they've, they've struggled at times to, to keep them you know, protected. Um, do the different quarterbacks, do they alter who they are offensively, or do they all kind of fit have, the same scheme? They all have a little bit different personality, but they don't get too far away from what they do. I mean, they kind of know what they want to do. I, obviously, I think, as you would see with us, between Bonner and Pisa, there's still a little different personality, but the scheme of it doesn't change dramatically. Uh, it's similar to them. You don't see a huge shift. I mean, when they play, they're still kind of running the same system. Defensively, what jumps out at you when you look at them? Uh, they're front. Uh, yeah. they're, they're dynamic up front. They, they're they're going to line up in a four down, bump to a three down, but they're going to let those guys get upfield. Very similar approach to us, try to create plays in the backfield. Uh, they've struggled in the back end some. When they can get home, obviously they protect the back end. When they don't, they struggle to cover in the back end. We're going to need to throw and catch really well. But it's all going to come down to can we establish a run and can we protect the quarterback. No different than the first five games we just played. Number four seems to be kind of there. Justin Rice all yeah. over the field, tackle yeah. machine, 41 tackles he on the shows season. Up. He shows up everywhere, no doubt. Runs well uh, and just ends up around the ball. Can you coach that or is that kind of a part of who you are as you, a personality? You can coach it, but obviously there is – there are guys that just have a knack. I mean, a lot of what Justin Rice does is just, um, you know, instinct alone. So I, I don't know that uh, – I mean, you can get them lined up in the right spot. You can teach technique. But there is something to be said for a guy that really has an instinct to find the ball. And, and this kid, obviously, is very similar in that sense. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break. Come back. We'll hear from the uh, the players coming up. Dimitri Galifua, also Hunter Reynolds. Joining us next, you're listening to Aggie Football from Learfield. All right, welcome on back. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show. We're live here at Old Chicago. Hey, by the way, if you've got your USU Credit Union card, come on by here, show it to Ajay, and that will enter you to win some other great prizes as well. 
Um, he promises not to look at the number. He won't write it down. Just uh, just flash him that uh, that debit card, and uh, you'll be entered to win all kinds of great prizes. But uh, we're here every Tuesday, and this is my favorite segment because it's always fun to catch up with players and get their perspective on uh, what's going on with this Utah State football team coming into a big one against UNLV. Uh, Hunter Reynolds joining us as well as Dimitri Ali'ifua. Uh, Hunter, let's start with you, man. Uh, transfer from Michigan, first year here in Logan. Uh, early snow. I know you got snow in Michigan, but I don't know if you got October snow in Michigan. No, nah, I definitely never got October snow. Having to uh, Waking up this morning and having to break out the uh, the scraper. Yeah. It's definitely an experience. Uh, seeing a couple trees knocked down, a couple cars, you know, just completely snowed in. But, you know, luckily I've dealt with it before, so. Originally from Jersey. Yes, sir. Uh, then to Michigan. What was the process like that led you here to Utah State? What was the connection that, that said, this is where I want to uh, finish my career? Yep. Uh, so when I first entered the portal, you know, a bunch of schools hit me up. And then it really just came down to uh, Utah State. I felt the best connection with the coaching staff. When I did my research on the coaching staff, I was like, I really uh, like where they're coming from, where they came from, like what they've done in the past. And then I just felt good, like, energy about them. And I felt that they were turning the program in the right direction because obviously yeah. last year was was what it was here. I wasn't a part of it. But I felt that the new coaching staff was really doing a good job trying to turn things around. And I felt it'd be a good place to, to be. Dimitri, you've been here a minute. Uh, coach called you the old man of the uh, of the team. One of one of a, uh, of a few old men, not that's, the oldest, by the way. That just to clarify, <laughs> not the oldest on the team. Uh, but uh, let's talk about your your time here at Utah State and, and what that's been like, and, and a part of a season where. You know, let's be honest, a lot of people didn't have a lot of expectations for this team, but you've jumped out 3-0. and You're 3-2 and after a really difficult five-game stretch. Uh, talk about what, what the last uh, few years and the last few months have been like for you. Uh, personally, for me, they've been, they've been really good. We've had some bad times. I've seen it all. Like, uh, you have. You've been being, on the roller coaster, the top, man. Being at the bottom, the middle, uh, but, but it's been really good, especially this year. These coaches, they really, uh, they've been able to turn things around for us. And uh, for a team with no high expectations, I think we're starting to show a little something. We got a lot, of, uh, a long way to go, but uh, I think I'm pretty confident in what we can do. You've, uh, I mean, you've been here long enough. You've seen the snow, but for, as a California kid, do you ever get used to it? No, no. Everybody always tells me you you live in Logan now. You should be used to that. You never get used to the cold. It's always just as cold as the first time. <laughs> you've got your, you've got your family here. Yes. Um, uh, you've got, uh, you've got your, the young child here. How does that alter? your experience as a, as a student athlete? Because i got to imagine that probably makes you a little bit more focused. Oh, definitely. Uh, um, it's my why, basically. Yeah. Everybody has a why, and this gives me that much more reason to go harder and uh, focus and, and do as good as I can. Um, you've also, this is the uh, third coaching staff, I believe, you've coached under. What, what's, what's that been like in the roller coaster for you? Oh, man, it's been an experience for sure. Uh, I've really enjoyed every single coach I've worked with. I'm really enjoying this one. Um, it just it's, it's nice to see all the different uh, coaching styles and different techniques, and I'm able to take from every single coach and apply it to my game. So uh, I love it. The speed in which you're playing, does it remind you a lot of 2018? It does. It does. I enjoy going, I enjoy going fast. It's, it's very tiring. But yeah. <laughs> for the most part, the defense is a little more tired than I am, so that helps. Do you get a sense, like, in – it kind of felt like this way, you know, and, like, I'm, I'm up in the booth. I – so I'm on the outside looking in, so it's always kind of fun to talk to you guys that are in the middle of this. But but you get a sense, like the Washington State game really felt like this in the fourth quarter that you've been going as fast as you have, and you can kind of see the defense start to wilt a little bit. Have you noticed that when you when you play this style of offense? Yes, absolutely. Uh, one thing that we focus on in the in the offseason and definitely in training is 
being the most conditioned team. Yeah. Uh, being able to play harder longer is one of our focuses. And I think that, that really shows in, a, in the wins that we have. Um, we play hard-fought games, and at the end of the day, I think we're able to go harder longer. Uh, as simple as that. Hunter, from your perspective uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you guys with Coach Jackson, he's put you guys through the ringer, it sounds like, and uh, and and made sure that you're in the best shape uh, that you possibly can be in. When it's third, fourth quarter time, it seems like you guys have come up with big stops, whether it's Washington State or, or Air Force. When you needed to get off the field, you were able to do that. Does that level of physicality and conditioning, is that one of the reasons why you guys have been able to do that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, when we get to the end of the game, we kind of – no matter what happened previously, we just kind of tune it out. We're like, all right, you know, no matter whatever happened in the past that's done, we can't change it. So, you know, we're at an opportunity right now where if we make this critical stop, you know, get the offense the ball back, we know they're going to do uh, magic with it with the way that they operate. Yeah. So it's kind of like a like synchronization with both sides of the ball. Like, get late in the game, defense, you know, we're still fresh. The offense is still fresh. So we start, you know, piling up stops. They start piling on points and – I think that's why we've had a lot of success in the fourth quarter this well, year. I got to imagine going up against that offense in practice and in fall camp, that helps out conditioning as well. Oh, definitely. The first, my first couple of practices, I'm <laughs> sitting here lining up, trying to figure out, like, offense is just, you know, I, like, we tackle the ball carrier. The offense is lying. They're running the ball before the play's even over with, you know, getting ready to snap at the next play. So you're still, you know, getting up from tackling someone. Next thing you know, the ball's being snapped in practice. So it definitely slows things down come game time. Was uh, did you get here in the spring or was it the summer? I got here in the summer. So was the elevation was that a was that a big uh, transition for you? Or were you able to acclimate yourself pretty well? It was a transition, but I think I acclimated pretty well. Like my first time running here, it was on my own. Yeah. So I was a little like I was a little fatigued, but. My first couple times uh, training, like with the team, I felt pretty pretty fine. Didn't really feel like I was holding anyone back. One thing that I've, uh, all the coaches and people that have been around you've said that uh, this guy will, will stick his nose in it, man. He'll tackle. He'll get after the running back. If there's somebody that a hole he needs to plug, he's more than happy to make it happen. Is that something that you're you've taken a lot of pride in in your game? I mean, it comes down to just making the play when it comes to you. Not to mention Coach Bonda. He said, if you don't tackle, you don't play. So <laughs> that, was, that was his big thing. If I uh, the first time we put pads on, he said if I uh, if I was like soft and wasn't missing tackles, he would put me in uh, like number forty six or something like that. So I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can't have that. Uh, let, me, let me go ahead and just you know make a tackle. But yeah, tackle is just really a pride thing. It's you know yeah. there's someone running at you and you, he can either go down after he comes in contact with you or he can stay up. So it's really just about having more pride than him. What. Uh what are some of the elements of your game that you're really proud of that you've developed and that you really hang your hat on? Uh, I think mostly just my football IQ because I was never been the fastest guy, never been the biggest guy. Yeah. But I feel like I put myself in good position just by kind of studying the game, knowing, having an understanding of what the offense is going to do, having a feel of uh, like my role inside the defense. And I think that that helps me just play faster and be able to make plays. You know, Dimitri, one of the things that has really jumped out to me about your game is your versatility. I mean, you, they've had to play you at a bunch of different positions, uh, what, and, and you've dealt with some, and some injuries along that offensive line. How difficult has that been, and, and is that something you take a lot of pride in, your ability to shift from center to guard or wherever they, wherever they have you at? Uh, I do take a lot of pride in that. Uh, one thing that uh, people always ask us is, uh, what position do you play? And as O-lineman, you don't, you don't pick out any specific position. Uh, it's, I play O-line, yeah. wherever, the, wherever the team needs me. 
So I, I take pride in being able to switch over to right guard, left guard, center, whatever they need. And if they ever need me at tackle, you know, I'll be ready. Do you have any preference one way or another? Uh, I, I like center. I like center. Uh, f- for me, I feel like they're, they're, they're really the, they're the quarterback of the O-line. Yeah. I enjoy being in uh, those situations where they rely on me to make calls and think fast in uh, difficult situations and make things happen. So, so with, I enjoy the, with this offense, that's, you're on the hook for that. You're the one making the, the calls and, and uh, as far as the protection goes and stuff like that? Uh, for the most part, it's, it's the center because I've been playing guard yeah. uh, mostly. But uh, when, when I get that chance, I, I really do enjoy it, man. Uh, it's probably my favorite thing, just having people count on me. I, I want to be relied upon. So for for some of us schlubs that haven't played this game at this level, uh, I think a lot of people say, well, he's a big guy. Go out there, play offensive line, and he'll be fine. I don't think people really appreciate the level of chemistry that you have to have with guys around you and that level of of trust, and you guys have to work as a cohesive unit. So when you're switched from center to guard or guard back to center, that's a little bit of that, – that can be a bit of a transition. That can be difficult at times, correct? Definitely. It's, it's definitely difficult. But one thing that you said is uh, we're, we're able to bond off the field. Uh, that, that really helped us uh, mess well on the field. So regardless if I'm playing center, guard, or whatever, we're able to have that trust that's already established beforehand so we can rely on another, uh, one another to be able to do our jobs efficiently. Hunter, you played two really good teams back-to-back in Boise and BYU. Uh, this team is now 3-2 and two on the season. Um, what's the mood in that locker room? I know that you, nobody's happy about those two losses, but what's the vibe in that locker room after those games, and, uh, and what's the mood going forward? Uh, the mood's just kind of been we're eager, you know, eager to get back on the field, uh, eager to wash the taste of the losses out of our mouth. But, you know, we recognize that there's still seven games, guaranteed games left, and it's a long season ahead of us. You know, we're in what we feel is good position in terms of the Mountain West and the oh, Mountain yeah. Division. You know, every team has either one loss or has only played one game and still has to, you know, go through the gauntlet. So we just know that if we take care of our business, that's all we can do. We control what we can control. Uh, we feel good about where we're going to end up. Well, I mean, Mick, you guys are tied atop the, the leaderboard in the division. Uh, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of teams there with one loss, and there's a lot of great opportunities. i got to imagine you guys appreciate that and understand that, that you're right in the thick of this thing. Yeah, man, but one thing we like to focus on is just one game at a time. Uh, that's a real zero coach answer there. That was good. No, zero I like zero. that. That's every week. That's how we attack the week, and that's how we got to treat it every time. What's in the past is in the past, but we got to focus on right now. Uh, do you do you want to be a coach? Because that was a very uh, that was a very head you coach know, answer. There. I, I love football. I love football. I probably do see myself coaching down the line, even if it's high school or Pop Warner. But I want to stay around the game some way. Hunter, how about you? What uh, when when the day comes, you hang up the cleats. What, what do you want to do? I'm kind of the same way. I've uh, always had a love for the game and passion for it, and I could I definitely see myself being around it in some form or fashion when it's all said and done. All right, so UNLV, um, you don't need to go two X's and O's because Coach will get mad at me for asking you about that. Uh, but with that said, uh, Mick, let's start with you. Uh, what do you need to do against UNLV to get out of Vegas with a, with a win? Uh, we need to first establish the run. Uh, th- that way we can open up our passing game. We've got really, really good backs. We get them one-on-one with the safeties at the second level. I think we'll, uh, we'll fare well uh, and just out-effort them. And like I said earlier, play harder, longer. Hunter, how about you? What on the defensive side are you looking for? We just need to clean up the uh, couple big plays we give up a game, you know, against BYU, against Air Force, against Boise. Like we had, if you look at the hole and you take out like a few plays here or there, it's a, it, it was a good defensive game. So we just have to eliminate those explosive plays and 
we we all feel on the defensive side if we can do that then uh you know we can have a really dominant game you know what's really fun to watch is before a big series or a big moment i'll look down on the sideline and coach bonda is as juiced up and fired up as anybody out on the field what's it like to play for a coach like that that's definitely i definitely enjoyed playing for him uh I love his coaching style. I love just the energy he gives, the confidence he gives in his uh, gives gives us while you know we're out there. Even I mean, going back to the North Dakota game, you know things probably couldn't have started any worse. Down twenty-one-seven in the first quarter, and there was no there was no panic from him. There was no like you, you didn't see any uh, anger or any him being scared. It was just like all right, guys, like we. We're, like we know we're good like just calm down relax and we'll be fine and we ended up being you know being fine well gentlemen this has been a lot of fun thanks for hanging out enjoy the food and yeah, uh definitely we'll look forward to uh catching up with you again soon and uh and let's uh let's go get a w not like i have anything to do with this <laughs> you guys go get the w appreciate right it, definitely. Definitely. sounds you. good i appreciate, appreciate it, it. Dimitri Khalifa, hunter reynolds two of the uh, stars on this utah state football team we'll wrap things up with coach next here from learfield All right, final segment of the show. You're listening to the Blake Anderson Coaches Show live here at Old Chicago. Remember, we're here every Tuesday. Uh, quick turnaround next week. you got a Friday game against Colorado State here at home. Yeah, I think every other week for us is a Friday. Yeah. I'm all, I mean, I've never had – got four total for the for the year. Um, you know, I, I, the environment was great, and we I felt like we were prepared. So, uh, in that sense, we at least kind of have an idea of what that kind of week looks like. I think the first one – it, it went pretty quick. Yeah, the North Dakota one. Felt a little better about this last one. So hopefully maybe by the third one we'll, we'll be better at it. But uh, four Friday, Friday games. Now, I've played on Tuesday and I've played on Wednesday and Thursday and basically every other day of the week. But four Friday, Friday games is, is unique for me. Keys to the game. What do you need to see coming up on Saturday against UNLV? You know, I, I know it sounds simple, but we, we just need to see improvement here. We just need to see guys uh, eliminate some mistakes. We still – obviously we're hurting ourselves at time we we cannot turn the ball over we turned the ball over the other night and and it's just not something you can do we saw that that BYU turned the ball over and it got them so, yeah um so we got to protect the ball and and we gotta we gotta avoid that big mental bus that big alignment or assignment bus you know we just had had some key plays the other night that that end up being scoring opportunities for BYU that just made it really difficult to stay in the game so i mean just steady improvement told our guys this is today was day one uh, of a new season we hit the refresh reset button let's focus on really just literally trying to improve on a daily basis go play our best ball because i don't we played good ball but we haven't played our best ball yet i don't know if you heard uh ali fu i might as well call him coach because he's like we're oh and oh and we're taking it one game at a time. We're not looking ahead. I mean, it was a very coach answer. It was very impressive. I love it. I love it. When they start finishing sentences the same way you do every day, then you know they're listening. Yep. And uh, and you hope that you're getting through. So I, that always – I couldn't hear you, to be honest with you. It was in the corner. I, I could yeah. see I could see what was going on. But that, that – uh, as a coach, head coach, coordinator, whatever position coach, that kind of fills your heart. You know that – that they believe in what you're telling them. And, and if they start saying the same things, then you know you're in, headed in the right direction. You know, one, one final thought, too, and, and you're in the middle of recruiting, and obviously you got to get talent, and that's always the most important thing. But uh, you inherited Mick, and then um, – but Hunter Reynolds uh, 
to bring in transfers in the middle of COVID when you couldn't have a lot of one-on-one face-to-face conversations. I mean, I'm sure you're a lot of Zoom and stuff like that, yeah. but it still seems like you hit on some really good dudes. Yeah, I've been really, really pleased with the guys that we inherited, number one. Uh, I've made this very clear, and, and I've told them um, they could have made this transition impossible. And, and there's a lot of new coaches across the country that are not dealing with the same kind of environment I am. They, they are they're button heads and struggling on a daily basis. These kids have made it possible for us to have the success we're having, for us to have the, the culture and the environment that we have. The, the, the players that were already here, they, they brought us in and they accepted us and have tried to do everything we've asked. I do think we made good decisions on the guys that we brought in, the veteran guys that we brought in, especially um, – you know, you don't want to bring a, a, a guy that's personality is going to take away from your culture or create a problem. We just don't have that guy in the building. And they're all contributing in, in different ways. Uh, so I've been really, really pleased at the decisions we made, but maybe even more at, at how the team, the guys that were already here, how they have accepted us and allowed us to do what we're trying to do. And, and uh, they, they've made it possible. So I'm more than appreciative of that group. Well, Coach, appreciate it. We'll talk to you pregame, and then uh, let's have some fun down in Vegas. I'm ready for it. Let's you, go. You split tens or – I don't know. <laughs> you don't have time for that. <laughs> oh, I do love to play, though, but I won't you. be playing this week. No gambling I'm, No gambling this week. We'll, 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 uh, we'll wait for Mountain West Media Day. There you go. I'm all in. I'm all, all in. All right. That wraps it up. That's Coach Blake Anderson. Remember, pregame show and then kickoff live from Las Vegas coming up on Saturday, and you'll hear it right here on the Aggie Sports Network from Learfield. From Old Chicago, this has been the Aggies Coaches Show. Brought to you by Holiday Inn Express, Stay Smart, Beaver Mountain, Come Ski the Beeb, Smith's Fresh for Everyone, Sports Academy and Racquet Club, Your Club, Your Results, Your Life, Zion's Bank, We Haven't Forgotten Who Keeps Us in Business, Ford, Go Further, and by ARS, Clean Up, Restore, Rebuild. The proceeding has been a Learfield presentation on the Aggie Sports Network.